It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Gaming Manifesto. I'm Callie. With me today I have Marcus. Hello. Hey. And uh, Bandit. Hello. Host of, of course, the Treehouse Horror Podcast on our network. Um, so guys, same as always, how was you always start off? What have you guys been playing this week? Uh, Bandit, please go ahead. Retail us of your week. Um, so I've been doing my usual thing of playing like Legends of Runeterra this week. I've played, we got the Bandle expansion that's come out. Nice. So I've been playing that quite a lot. It's been a good fun seeing the new stuff. But I also, I've re-downloaded Doodle God. <laughs> like, that Flash game from the early 2000s. Like, I've re-downloaded Doodle God, because it's got, like, um, it's playable on Steam now, and I got it for, like, I think it was, like, three or four pounds. What is that? Is that only you draw a... on the screen and make... You have to explain it no, to no, me. No, so, Doodle God, what happens is you get given the four elements. So, like, earth, wind, fire, and water. And then you have to create everything from that. Okay. And I was going like, to say, you... when you mentioned Doodle God... Cow had the blank expression of just like, I don't know what this is. And my <laughs> eyes lit up with absolute <laughs> gems. I was like, I remember sinking like weeks and weeks into this game. It was just so much fun. So a horrible yeah. addiction. So like what happens True. is you get given like all these four and like, so you combine water and fire to make steam and stuff like that. Or, and then you combine different things to make other different things. And the idea is you just match these and build the world. Okay. It's kind of like a puzzle, like a like yeah. a sort of puzzle world builder. So you just chuck elements together, see what sort of mix. So you can make you can use the steam to move things in the game, like power a train and so on and things like that. It's good. It's weird. And you get to live like God complex. Yeah, so you you're making the world. So. Excellent. Yeah, it's not as god complexity as black and white, but it's close to Which is to it. still one of my favourite games. We, we, me, and, uh, me and T were trying to play that. Like, we got some some totally... I was about to say, like, try, trying to hide that it's pirated, but you just can't get that anymore, like, you on an actual like... system. So that's the only way of getting it. But uh, just trying to get it to run on the computers was a pain in the ass. At some point, yeah, we'd go I into remember, it. I remember my parents uh, got, like, a brand new PC. And at the time, like, that was very expensive. Like, it was my dad's redundancy money. They got this brand new PC, and all I want to do is play black and white on it. And I loaded it up, and it just destroyed the PC. <laughs> it just like mangled it from the inside out and just rotted it. And I was just like, "Cool, great." Yeah, it never ran well on mine either. Like I, I, back then, I just thought having a PC was all it took to play any game. I was never really aware at different mm-hmm. levels of PC existed. 
So like there was games that just didn't play very well on mine, and that was kind of I didn't I didn't think there was a way of changing that situation. Yeah, I had the SNES mindset. It was like put cartridge in, Works. press the button, it play. <laughs> Same with PC. Put thing in, press button, it play. But no. That's not how it works. Yeah, it doesn't run as good I on mine cool. as it does on my friends, and that's just because God doesn't like me very much. That's the only. <laughs> yeah, that's that's called privilege, and they exactly. have more. Of it I, than I just me. have to deal and... with it. I come to accept that. I just don't get to play this game in a very good way. Others do. Yeah, no, no way We're to change. Saying, it. Console games is when you are obviously a child, and then PC, you learn the cool, harsh realities of the world. Just crushes down on you. Yeah, that any new game that comes out means you need to spend a load more on a new piece of your PC. Yeah, I definitely didn't spend £1,500 on this new PC that I'm on Has right it now. finally arrived then, I take it? Well, I've been on it for like three weeks, so yes. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Is it everything Before, you hoped it would be? Has it enlightened your life? Well, the, the company that I bought it from, it was meant to come with Windows 10 on the HDD, and they sent it with a blank HDD. Okay. So I had to take the, the hard drive from my old PC and put it in my new one. So I've got a an empty Seagate Barracuda sat in my room that I haven't bothered to do anything So this sounds yet. like it hasn't enlightened your life, but made it more difficult. Has it well, put it, a, a barrier of enjoyment up in your life? Not really, because I can run Sea of Thieves in seven days to die at like highest levels and it, everything looks really pretty. And I can play all the games at like high levels. Okay. And, and it hurts less when like the weather gets a little bit warmer that like my pc doesn't decide to not work anymore yeah just shocked to hear that the weather gets warm up there uh yeah we had a heat wave like on saturday i actually got burned on one arm because i assume you lived in the misty mountains <laughs> uh no mist yes misty mountains. Mountains, not so much beyond it uh, just quickly going back to uh, Rune Terror, I played at the beginning. Um, how does new card sort of shake things up a bit? So the new stuff adds some new mechanics in. Um, they've got dual regions now. Okay. So like, um, if you're familiar with League of Legends at all, then like it's the, most of the new cards that have come in. Well, the new regions Bandle City. So like, most of the Yordles now have more than one region. And then some of the new cards have more than one region as well. Okay, cool. Mechan- like, what new mechanics does it bring in? There's one called Impact, which um, when a, a unit strikes like either the Nexus or another unit, it deals damage to the Nexus. Cool. Um, so the Trample, basically, for magic. Sweet. Uh, kind of. Trample's closer to Overwhelm, I think. But... Um, there's one called Manifest, which lets you just create cards out of every card in the game. Only certain ones have that, so it's very tricky. But those are the only really two new mechanics I can think about. Okay, great. Um, does it is there power creep in the new cards? Do you find yourself what needing to include a lot of new cards to stay competitive and win games, or can you kind of keep your own batch and still do well? The well, the thing is like. Older decks can still do well. Like um, Jinx Draven, like so, uh, discard aggro okay. is still very strong. 
But there's like there's a new card that's got released, which is a discard aggro card. So it's a new one to put in. It's a new champion to put in, and it does more things. Okay, so they're building on additional on previous archetypes of decks instead of just making brand new ones that you kind of have to. Yeah, like, that's good. So like there are brand new decks, obviously as well. Like that's so like uh, Senna is now a champion, okay. not just a follower, um, and she works well with. Another new champion, Vigar, works with uh, Callista or Ezreal. And, like, all champions are still seeing play. Great. And, but obviously, they've they've just announced this today, actually, like, two days before Worlds in Runeterra. They're putting out nerfs to Shirima, which was the last expansion, because Shirima was still too strong. Right. It happens. Like, I, I've, like, my background is mainly card games and miniature games and stuff like that especially online card games so for the fact that they're still um rewarding previous champions and like keeping um yeah adding to previous stuff instead of just like putting all the power cards in a new set seems really good i've heard no i've played a bit of Runeterra and enjoyed it but i just think their roadmap for the game is probably one of the best online i think they're doing a real good job it's distinctly better than any other online card game i played like it's not i like i've played Yu-Gi-Oh competitively for a while so like I was. I've always been a Yu-Gi-Oh player, and I still am. Like, I still. I'll hold. I'll hold my bands towards you because I hate Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's fine. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that people will have interests that I dislike, and that's fine. Yeah, you, I, you I, have I, told me you have bad taste, but that's okay. Now, yeah, you, you play Magic, so I just, you know, my opinion no of people who guys. play Magic of Yu-Gi-Oh is people who can't who can't read words along within five letters, but like you know. That's fair. Um, or don't uh, want to spend 20 grand on a card that was released once but that's fine we will put, we will put our differences aside and we will find our mutual love which is card games and that's what bonds us and that's what's important although i'm unbeaten in magic even after only so i'll just leave that there no nice. oh, anyway anyway just quite good about this is you bring up rune terror quite a bit and i have no idea about it and for once there's someone on hand who actually can ask you questions because all i'd be able to go is like is that the art the pretty art i like so yeah, it's the pretty art you like, yeah, Kelly. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, I think. Expertise. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I love that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, Rune Terror, I dip in and out of. Uh, Magic Arena is generally what I play. Gwent as well. If it's a card game, I play it. I'm one of those jack of all trades people where I just enjoy hopping from mechanics to mechanics just to see what's going on. I actually pulled my Yu-Gi-Oh cards out like this weekend with the intent of playing them. We haven't as yet, but I am intending to. We're, t- we're intending to now. They're on the side. They're, they're sat there on a table, ready to go. So what's, what's actually really cool though is that um, <laughs> Konami are finally releasing an official Yu-Gi-Oh Jewel Simulator. Yeah, I saw that. That's um, like because obviously most people either used Dueling Book, which is like a browser one. Or the one that's always known as Percy, but it's got different versions now. The name now is Project Ignis. Um, and it's uh, like most people have used either of those two to play with each other because, you know, you don't have to buy the cards or you don't have to unlock no. them. Which is terrible for Konami, right? Because they're basically just losing money. <laughs> well, the thing is... The side, side applications aren't allowing people to actually, you know, get into their product. Well, the thing is, people... like. It's the the false equivalent to that though is that people who play the game already buy the product, like oh, yeah. like uh, I I use Project Ignis um, to play with my friends who I can't play with physically, yeah. but then I also I try out new archetypes on there before I buy them. 
Yeah, but um, I mean, it's it's good for Konami to make their own client, right? To, yeah, to because, keep it in house. But I think even still, they're not going to do card unlocks like they have on Dual Links. I think it's just going to be a card database right? where you build from that, which is better because they're going to make it tournament viable. Like people are going to be able to play worlds through that and thing, which is going to be brilliant when it, when it comes out. And I, I hope I get a chance to actually play it properly, honestly, without no. spending enough friggin fortune <laughs> yeah no it's good that um konami moves to that like do you think they'll lock it though so you'll need like a key code to get in if they just use it as a client for online gaming for like worlds and stuff uh i don't because you're hoping it's going to be like an open client right I so anyone can jump on and play i think the nature is it'll be an open client that has tournament support so like legends cool. and terror does or like league of legends is different because it has its own server for pro players but like I think the principle will be that it's an open client, but it is tournament support, so you can support, play tournaments through it. Right, okay, cool. Yeah, but, that's a good move from Konami. I say, you yeah. still hate their game, but good move from the company. <laughs> Most Yu-Gi-Oh players still hate the game, don't yeah, worry. It's true. That's one thing I don't get about Yu-Gi-Oh, is everyone I talk about with Yu-Gi-Oh, that play Yu-Gi-Oh and passionate about Yu-Gi-Oh, argue, like, talk about how much they hate it all the time. And how much it just how much it just punches them in their soul and just like oh yeah i love this game but also you know it's killing me from the inside out it's like why are you still playing uh i'd like, like to say I, that's not the case with me but i've played league of legends for over a decade so like i uh i can't really talk you know yeah it's just that i hate like magic if i get frustrated with a set i'll just go away and then i'll come back with a set that I like, like it has good mechanics or artwork, like when Alaxian came out and it was dinosaurs and pirates sign me up, who doesn't love pirates and who doesn't love dinosaurs <laughs> like yeah. give, give me a plane of those two things and I'll play, and it was a good set and I enjoyed it, and then the ones that was, after that was, that was the one I was debating on getting into Magic on because I really wanted to play pirates and like, we don't actually have a pirate archetype, a proper one in Yu-Gi-Oh yet, yeah, I think um, one so thing, that, that's, one, upset me. that's fair one good thing about Magic is you can kind of, unlike Yu-Gi-Oh, and you can argue with me about this, like I may be completely wrong, but at least for Magic, you can kind of dip in and dip out and still kind of be competitive in the thing. But I feel like as soon as you dip off the Yu-Gi-Oh train, it's very hard to like catch up on card content and uh, um, it, keep things. It but, can be, but like the thing is with Yu-Gi-Oh that we don't have rotation the same way that Magic does. So, yeah. like, Magic has wrote set rotations where after, I think it's, what, three years, the set's not viable anymore? Uh, yeah, around that. So they've changed it a little bit, but that's the general premise. We don't have to go too much in the weeds in it. But, yeah. yeah but Yu-Gi-Oh! just has a ban list of cards you're not allowed to use in, in formal play. Right, okay. And so, like, you can if you play in traditional format, like, which is just anything goes, or playground format, some people yeah. call it. Like, but that means there's them. cards that are out of print that you need to get like to play with right whereas magic like it's own obviously there's cards out of print but that's for the modern set um which and obviously you've got the standard where you can actually like buy games and still kind of be competitive in that format if you want yeah but like band cards aren't out of print they're just not allowed to be played competitively okay like, that... you can you can still own the cardboard but you can't play them in in formal play Right. Okay. I mean, like a physical physical cards. Yeah. 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 On a, on a on a game. Yeah. On a uh, online client. I guess it's fine. It works well. Well, no. You can. You still get. I still have. I have cards that are banned. Like. Yeah. But I mean, I, um, I mean, players trying to get into the game, 
there are cards that you can play with that you can't physically get, right? Except for on like eBay. Um, so they're not fresh print ones. That's fine though, right? It just means I suppose it gives advantage just if there's an old one at some. Um... Well, yeah. any card game theoretically is pay to win. Like any physical card TCG is a pay to win game because mm-hmm. if you've got more money, you can buy more stuff or you can buy the right stuff because like both it, so like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, the big three all have cards which are more expensive and are staples or are necessities. It's just Magic and Pokemon give you um, the standard format that gives you a chance to sort of keep the price low and keep stable, whereas Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't have that. Uh, Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't have that, but we have third market, sorry. These aren't video games. Can I, may I, may I, I stop, the, say, stop the fight are, before it gets There are video games about them. I know, but no, you're not I'm talking about them. Kaz. You're talking about printed cards. <laughs> it's true. Kaz is correct. We've gone in the weeds. Yeah, I'm now sitting here just with like a face stop draining of weeds. blood while you guys talk about card games. <laughs> yeah, and that's what card games do to you. Don't do it. It's like card games are like drugs. Don't do them unless you're responsible and you're going to have a good time. I was at a game earlier today, this game, you know, computer game shop, and like they have all the packets of cards, and but they're like a fiver for a little booster pack, and I know I don't need anything because I don't play, but like I just want to have, I like opening things, I don't know what's in them. They are sucker for a mystery real life box. loot boxes. Yes. I know what the <laughs> government think about that now. It's bad. So it's definitely gambling. Um, Cool. Would you like me to talk about what uh, computer what games you've been playing? playing? What computer games, please? Just as what long com- as it's not printed. Compu- <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I've been playing Aliens Fireteam Elite. Oh, sick. Please do tell me about this. Um, I like it a lot. Um, I, I'm So if people aren't aware what it is, it is a Left 4 Dead um, sort of team combat game, but with three players, not four. Uh, you basically have uh, a set of campaign missions that you play through, just like Left 4 Dead, they're in three arcs. So you have uh, a be- beginning, a middle, and an end, and you sort of play through the story. And then afterwards, you have different um, set of um, sort of skill levels you can choose from. And they've implemented, unlike Left 4 Dead, a sort of character leveling system where you have um, a, like Destiny, uh, Destiny 2, where obviously you have like a light level. So they've applied that where you can add like different perks to your character and different upgrades. Uh, but one good thing, none of that is loot boxes. You earn that all in game. Um, there's no microtransactions at all. Um, and you basically just go through the game. And the whole point is to level up your clone marine and go through. When you're also leveled really up, cool does that make you like is... stronger? So it does make you stronger, yes. But so, you can, there are different or... set levels. It makes it easier. However, there are different um, difficulty levels for the missions. Okay. So once your level goes up, you can then choose higher levels. So once you hit like a power level of 500, you can do intense, which is how the game is supposed to be played, where um, you take damage from a po- like friendly fire is active. Acid does more damage from xenomorphs. Um, there's a couple other things as well, like more uh, special xenomorphs will spawn. Um, yeah, cons is it's still a bit buggy. I I have a set that we live in a world now where like day one releases aren't where they should be. And I complete hmm. like I disagree with it, but it's just something we are. And uh, with publishers pushing games at a faster rate, you're going to have games coming out still a little bit like unpolished. 
and that's definitely fire team um i've had a couple of big bugs where i've been in a level and the door just won't open and we've had to go out and go back into a mission so that is like one big con of it however that's happened only a few times it's always been at the beginning not when we were about to finish a mission get a load of stuff and bugged out so i've never been kicked at the end of a mission it's always at the beginning and it's happened like twice in about 30 40 runs so far so that's not too bad how long do missions last um so you can do a mission on standard level in about 20 minutes 25 minutes oh, and perfect. that's just part one of the mission hmm. so you yeah so about 25 minutes standard intense takes a bit longer you're looking at about 30 40 minutes i would say when intense that's Unless very good for like um, uh, just pick up and like play. a team that's on mics yeah it's great for pick up and play like uh yeah it's real good for me at the moment where um i said two of my friends like i'm a big alien fan anyway and two mm. of my friends are big alien fans so um we basically picked it up together and we've been fire teaming together um when they're not on I have had the joy of sons and dads playing, which is cute for the first 10 minutes and then gets a bit annoying where the kid is like just bumping into walls and the dad's like, no, you've got to go this way. I don't know what it is about (laughs) aliens, but dads really want to teach their children the joys, (laughs) the joys of xenomorphs. I don't know what it is, but it's always been father-son duos that I've uh, teamed up with, but I'm not with uh, Angela and Dave. But um. Yeah, I really like it. There's so there's different classes as well. You've got um, your gunner, which is your general sort of army dude, um, boosts everyone else, like everyone else's rate of fire. He has a post rifle, um, has some frag grenades. General, uh, basically hashtag army man. That that's who he is. So you've got a demolisher. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got uh, your demolisher, which is big gun. So they can have a smart gun, a flamer. They've got like a rocket pack on their shoulder that fires and goes it's great it's a demolisher then you've got uh, your technician that has a sentry gun and they sort of buff a sentry gun and can uh, buff on people's ammo and stuff like that so kind of a more dps support i would say and then you've got your classic medic who is your um medic your general support and what's cool as well you make a character and then you can hop between each of these uh, level them up gives you universal perks to unlock throughout all your other characters okay. so it gives you a chance to try and that's only up to like i think they go up to level seven and the universal perks stop at like level three and level four so you can play through like the other like classes unlock perks and go you know what i don't particularly like this one i'll stop now and i'll go back to the one i really like and then mm. focus into that and go up to seven so they put some thought into that the guns feel amazing like I played Destiny 2 for a very long time, um, Destiny as well. And one of the main like draws of that is the guns. They just yeah. feel good. They feel good to fire. And that's something in like Aliens Fire Team Elite. Like you feel like you're firing a post rifle and it sounds like a post rifle. And like when you put down a sentry gun, like it sounds like the movies as well. Same with a smart gun. Like my friend Angela's playing a demolisher. And whenever she fires that smart gun next to you in your headphones, like you really hear it. I guess good. Uh, it does make a huge difference. I like that with Destiny. You know, obviously that was from like the Halo one to three team Bungie, mm-hmm. and like the guns just feel heavy, solid, kind of real feeling in there. Yeah. There's so many games where they're not, and you just you don't feel like you're actually firing anything. It's got to have that heavy feel. I don't know. It's hard to 
make that make sense, but we when you talking about something no, it can... has no weight, but it feels heavy, doesn't it? Like Yeah, I, I understand. Agree. Yeah, I, I completely agree as well. Like you need to feel not necessarily the recoil, but you want to feel like you're fire like and also what's good as well, like the post rifle feels very different to the Magnum mm. and the Magnum feels very different to um, the pistol. And it's the same way of destiny where the exotic weapons feel very different to the, the rest of the batch. And you can tell when you're firing a shotgun, you can tell when you're firing a pistol. And that's something yeah. that aliens fire team does very, very well. So it's quite good to hear here. Cause I, I love alien too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of alien. Uh, Xenomorph mostly just anything with a Xenomorph in is just, I would love to see um even the shit film that's fair <laughs> like also you said about like dads and sons i swear like we were introduced to alien at far too young an age i remember my cousin having mm-hmm. toys of the xenomorph when we're like eight years old but uh, i wasn't sure of this game it's a 35 pound game and like you know i was expecting it to be buggy as you say it kind of is but my concern was that it just wouldn't be any good at all um so i'm yeah I'm thrilled so... to hear it is yeah, the £35 price tag is a good price tag. Mm. I'm uh, a capitalist bitch, and I bought uh, the $60 Deluxe Edition because I'm, I'm, I'm a whore. I'm a whore for content, and I want it, <laughs> and uh, that's what I got. New T-shirt, um, content haul. Yeah, like, exa- on sale right next to Horror Slut. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I've got some good, you know, I'm, what's also cool is, which I didn't know, which might have changed my mind a little bit, is you can actually earn um, the the gear you get in Zalutz Edition just by playing the game. Like you can do certain things and go through, um, but um, it's quite hard to like get that gear. So uh, I guess I kind of just paid paid for time. I guess, mm. but um, yeah, that's one plus slash downside, I guess. But at least there's you know no microtransactions, which I really like. There's no play to win. Everyone has a chance to play like using the same guns. And for 35 quid, I think it's pretty solid. And I think it's only going to get better. They already dropped like a 12 gig patch uh, pretty much just the day after that um, cleared a lot of bugs. And they're still working with it now. So I hope it improves. And I, I just think, like I said before, I just think we're in an era now where the days of polished day one games are going to be really, really rare. Yeah, and that can be a bad thing, and that can be a, well, it's never a good thing, but I, I think it's just the way we are now. It can be good, at, you know, have... they're still working on it after it releases. Like back in the day, yeah, as long... problems that is, it's broke. Like Colonial Marines, the previous kind of alien game, there was like a single bit of coding which was wrong, and that meant it the game became yep. like unplayable. But yeah, like they couldn't change that because it was already released. So at least we've got that now. So there is positives. Yeah, yeah but that, I guess that's sorry, a, that's the thing with that's all right. That's the thing with the, the digital age of gaming now, which yeah. it comes with its own problems and things. But like all of the day, the day one patch stuff, I absolutely hate because it just it what it means is that the the developers were crunched, mm. and crunch is such a bad thing, and it's it's still a it, thing now though. It hasn't gone away. Like oh least, no, it's just inhumane though. Like it's disgusting. The, yeah. Like, I think, don't get me wrong, Cyberpunk is the prime example of this, right? I think CD Projekt Red fucked up beyond belief. But at the same point, I do not condone any of the actions taken by the people who sent threats to, to like, the developers. It's yeah, like, they were crunched. Like, 
crunch is really unhealthy people die during crunch yeah and it's a bad practice because it means that you are not doing uh your developers justice rockstar are the best company for it because they have literally said they were never going about a crunch and they are just going to make a game take as long as it takes so we are not probably not going to get grand theft auto 6 for another year i was going to say that explains yeah. why gta 6 has taken so long but what? i'd rather that than like I don't think it's not why it's taken so long. They they have no haven't been working on it for a long time or anything. They haven't been working on it because of the money they're making from GTA GTA Five online. Simple as that. But I will say, you say Rocksteady, um, Rockstar, Rockstar, sorry, um, Rocksteady's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's true. Rocksteady is from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They do the Batman games as well. Yeah, Um, yeah. Rockstar, sorry, you say they haven't got crunch. But there's still been people like leaking saying there is crunch. Like crunch is part of the game industry. It shouldn't be there, but it is. And the only way that's gonna like stop, like like we we're talking about, is these patches over time, right? Just to allow a game to like be tuned up. I like to think that this um there's been because it's been such an outcry about it recently, and since the whole uh, since the cyberpunk kind of scandal, people are a lot more forgiving about game delays. Um, in general mm-hmm. now, and I'm hoping that will start being a big change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, obviously with the whole Activision stuff as well, there's a lot of problems in the game industry that are now coming to light, and that can be... But the really thing is, they've thing. been there for ages. Sorry, mm. Carl, I'm very quite passionate about this, but they've been there for ages, these problems, and they're disgusting, and they're a rot in the game industry, and people have been talking about this for years, and it's only now that people are paying attention, which is good, I guess, and at least people now are actually, you know, paying up. But, like, um, Stephanie Sterling's been talking about this for years, like, absolute years, like, their content's been about it. Mm. And even, like, um, yeah, the, the structural days back in the day, like, they've always talked about it. And now, hopefully, we can get this filth out of the game industry. It just needs to go. And Bandit, you were saying about um, the uh, cyberpunk stuff. And I think one of the big problems with that, people were attacking the devs and not attacking the publisher. Like, the publisher's the reason why all that stuff happened. They were pushing for the game to be out a lot sooner than they wanted. There was loads of writers and devs saying that they had all this content that were ready to go, but the publisher was editing and just cutting stuff like a Warner Brothers executive board on, on movies. Just like nice, nice Suicide Squad reference. Thanks, man. <laughs> just like just destroying, like just destroying all this content and like cutting it up and chucking it out, even though it was already good to go. And it, it just blows my mind that again, gamers, and because it, it was gamers attacking the wrong people again and again. I look forward to getting yeah. attacked based on your comments there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, fine. Come at me. Yeah. I'm nowhere, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you won't find me. So yeah, Callie, what have you been playing? Excellent question there, Bandit. Uh, so, I mean, I've played a whole bunch of things. <laughs> the, the one I've completed recently, though, is uh, Forgotten City, which oh, okay. is a mod of a Skyrim that has now been released as its own standalone game, and it is awesome. Like really awesome it's possibly going to be one of my favorite games this year uh obviously it looks like a skyrim kind of game so we're not talking super high quality graphics or anything like that it is dated and it's got that thing when you go into take a conversation with someone where they like turn their head and then turn their body and then engage with you and their eyes are dead um but it's it's like so 
what the game is is you find a ancient uh ruins an ancient like roman ruins underground uh, and are caught in a time loop where within this ancient ruins there's a load of gold statues and at the end of the time loop some of the statues come to life with arrows bow and arrows and turn everyone to gold at which point you have to run back to the portal to reset the loop so you can die if you die during that point um that is reload save time uh, but other than that is go through the loop each time and basically have to work through everyone's kind of problems to uncover the mystery of what's happening here what why everyone gets turned to gold they call it the golden rule and the golden rule is that if anyone sins um everyone gets punished so if you steal something a big booming voice then comes over the sort of you know everywhere saying uh the sins of the one like uh, affect or punish the rest or something like that or people are punished for the sins of the one i don't know can't quite remember heard it enough but <laughs> um and yeah you just have to uncover this mystery there's like one guy who's the senator who's the one that's opens the portals who's being uh voted out that day basically and replaced by someone who wants to relax the rules because of the, he doesn't believe in the golden rule we think it's a lie and he's likely to get in um and then it goes through a few different kind of so there's people from different faiths there uh, there's the Romans, the Greeks, there's a few Christians, or as they kind of refer to as cultists, because it's like they all come from like Roman times. So it's got yeah. that kind of funny, you know, when it's weird hearing Christian Christians being talked as like that. Uh, and it's even got um, Sumerians cool. and Egypt. So, yeah, it's got all these different pantheons. And like, I can't talk about it with like the story too much about giving spoilers. But what this is, it's not a combat game. There is some combat in it where you have yourself a bow and you have to fight off some absolutely terrifying versions of these statues. So one of the, the small amount of combat in it takes place in this one temple where someone's been trying to get at the people inside them by flaying the statues. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So you have these like zombified looking golden statues, almost like charging at you. And when you shoot them and turning them to gold with your arrows, that's what the bow does. Uh, they're like, thank you, whispering at you. So it's pretty fucking disturbing. That is pretty, pretty rank. Are you saying about the golden rule with like, mm. if one person sins and the many, are you, do you have to sin to solve puzzles? Like, are you forced Occasionally. to sort of break that rule? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so like sometimes you might need to steal something from somewhere, but you get to keep it on the loop. So when you go through the time loop, you've now got that thing uh yeah. even though it still exists like you know it's back where it was but you've got a second copy of it so it's quite funny the first right. guy you run into every time is galarian i think his name is or galarius um and he's developed a system to use these there's some ropes suspended throughout the city and it's a uh essentially like a zip line um in, uh, device so he gives it to you and then the next time he's like uh, yeah i don't know where you got that it looks very much like one i've been developing recently um <laughs> And yeah, like you can fight, you can just try different things with each person, of course, to get like different responses. And once you, once you've solved their, their conundrum, like one person's dying and they need some, uh, some of this particular serum, the guy that's selling the serum won't kind of give it to them. So what you can do is just steal it from him. And now you've got it. Um, cool. but once you've done it one time, you can then just basically task this guy at the beginning to go do things so there's a list of it it's like yeah go do this go do this go do this and he'll just run because he gets it you explain like you know you're in a time loop but because it's 
Roman times, like his response is like, yeah, there's lots of historic cases of, you know, like people being punished by being trapped in, like repeating the same task over and over again, like pushing a boulder to the top of a hill just for it to have roll back down. So he's just, he's, he accepts it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I weirdly today at work, we were talking about how like people have like zombie plans mm. in like, you know, apocalypse plans and stuff like that. But true friendships to have Groundhog Day plans. Like if you're stuck in a Groundhog Day loop, you should have a safe word. Like butternut squash coconut or something. Yeah. That you say together and they know you're in a loop. So your friends just go, I got you. We're in a Groundhog Day scenario. Let's get this going. Because I've been playing this and I've played 12 minutes just before it, like I'm very much in a time loop mind frame and I've been trying to think of how to bring it up with my partner. Like, okay, I need a situation where... If you walk in and you're in a time loop, we can get to that like understanding without faffing around. But do it's just then do I trust him not to just say that occasionally? Like so, mm, <laughs> no, like, no. I don't no, know if no. I do. And then then but then the thing is right. If he is, what if he is in a time loop and he comes to me with his this thing we've worked out and goes like you know ah banana split no coconut and I'm like yeah, yeah. could one. You have to prove it harder than that to make me believe it, and then he has to do that every day because of I turn I didn't trust him. So, well, that's the thing. It's the boy who cries wolf scenario, right? And that's why you have to, even if he says it as a joke, you have to just be like, no, I get you. I understand this may be a joke, but it may be the time, and it's not a joke. Therefore, it's important. Maybe I should make it a punishment system. Like he does it once, I just slip my throat immediately in front of him. Like I'll see you oh in the next God. room. <laughs> See you shortly, and then. Holy fuck! He won't do it again. (laughs) No, obviously. I love this though. Like it means that they would never say it, like unless they're truly in like a loop. (laughs) Then again, they could be like they could run up to me and go, "We're in a time loop. Don't cut your throat. You keep doing that." And I go, "Well, I'm not believing that." (laughs) They just spend day after day trying to stop me. Like that's the loop now for them. Like, oh, what man. I used to do with uh, my mother was, like, randomly, I'd just go to her. Do you know Deja Vu can kill? And then, like, about, like, say, like, a week later or whatever, I'd just say to her again, say to her again out of nowhere. Son. Horrible son. Is what you are. <laughs> she's now in a mental asylum. Have you, <laughs> she hasn't rocking back and forth she's and, now just rocking know, muttering, Deja Vu can kill, Deja Vu can kill. <laughs> no, but, like... There's a reason that I don't have much feeling in my upper arms, and it's because I've wound my mum up to the point where she's punched me. <laughs> like, Smacks uh, the feeling out your arm. Like, uh, like, yeah. So like when I got my like, I didn't feel too much on my like my like so like my middle tricep when I got my tattoo done there. I didn't feel much at all. And it's just because I've been numb from being punched. That much. Thanks, mom. My mum doesn't abuse me, just to clarify. But like. <laughs> No, it sounds like you deserved just... it. We, I think anyone listening can understand that you deserved it in this scenario. Oh yeah, you're the villain here. You, <laughs> you are the rotten. Like we, are, we are, you're, you're the rotten. We understand this. We all, right. everyone listens Would just because crash... you should have hit him harder. <laughs> yeah, probably should have aimed for the head, but style. <laughs> Would you class Forgotten City um, as like a murder mystery mist? Then. You I've not played games? Mist. I'm. It's, it's got a uh, remaster come, about a drop on Game Pass. I'm gonna be, but uh, no, yeah, it's like a murder mystery essentially. Like it, it's great. The whole game, as I say, there is a little bit of combat, which are not my favourite sections, frankly. Like they weren't particularly hard, so it wasn't bad. 
but uh, the best thing is it's a game based on dialogue, just making dialogue options and talking and learning things off of each person. So it's like, a, yeah, a perfect little mystery exploration game. Do you think it would be a better game if it didn't have combat? If it didn't bow to the pressure of maybe, oh, well, if we don't put combat in, they'll call it a walking simulator. Therefore, we might get, you know, snubbed a bit. Um. I don't know, to be honest. Like, I did think about this as I was doing it. Like, you know, I'd rather not have this bit in, but it does break it up a bit. There's only right, like okay. essentially two sections which have kind of combat in it. Um, and as I say, it's not particularly hard. Like, there's no. And it's not something you have to do all the time. You just do it in certain loops, right? There's, yeah, like, I only had to do it in, like, for the main area where I said about all those flayed ones. That was in one loop. And then I didn't have to go and repeat that ever. Um, okay, great. So yeah, like it was a very small amount of combat. Like it's hard to like doubt them on that. And it is, as I say, it does stop it being too repetitive, which is, you know, obviously like something which can be a problem in time loop games. Right. Um, no, I remember when you mentioned it, I was like, I don't remember this game. And then the uh, E3 trailers came back to me and I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this game quite a lot. It was getting quite a lot of big marketing. So. I think it was it just, it was a Skyrim mod. Like people had taken this, taken the base Skyrim, built their own kind of game around it, and now it's got a proper release. So like, it's very impressive. That's like, cool. I prefer, you know, I'm, I've, I'm someone that's played Skyrim a bunch of times, but not completed it. Um, I just get waylaid and then lose track of things. But this game, it's nice. You complete it within a quite short amount of time. I'm writing a review for it at the moment, but it's like I'm, I'm not in a particularly righty mood at the moment, so it's been a bit hard. But like, I can't express how much I liked this game. Like at the end of it, um, I was quite emotional about it. Like once it gets, to, it's like a happy kind of you know ending. If you there's multiple endings, of course. Yeah. If you get the proper complete one, though, you know it's this nice kind of heartfelt like post you know, one year later style thing. And it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. It really, it really was getting to me. I don't, I don't know if it's because I was like lacking sleep or, you know, I've been off pills for a few days, but it was really getting me emotional on it. But yeah, stories can do that though. Like they can real like hit you in the feels when you're not really, you know, expecting it. Mm. So. But yeah, it's a be beautiful game. 100% recommend playing it. It was only £25. Um, Good. So it's, Good definitely, it's, it's definitely worth picking up if you want to spend like a bit of time doing a mystery mystery game. Um, right, so Robocup. We haven't. I, I want to get some sort of music done. To, to get the to, Robot Wars theme song. <laughs> what is the Robot Wars theme song? That's the Robot Wars theme tune. That does ring a bell. Yeah. Just have a sample of Craig Charles saying "Let the wars begin," and then that's all we. That need. would be cool. I would love to. That do would that. be cool. I, if it's under seven seconds, I'm pretty sure I can. Maybe you'll hear Let it and try and sue me, and then begin. I get to meet Craig Charles. So I'm sure we can pay uh, Ray Charles money on Vimeo, like tw <laughs> twenty quid and a pint, and Ray Charles will happily yeah. do, do us. I'll reach out and let him know we're doing it. Ray, Ray Charles won't. Not Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Craig Charles. Charles. Craig, Charles. <laughs> Craig Charles. Sorry. Ray, no, that's what I'm saying. We need to find Ray Charles <laughs> imitation of, of we, Craig Charles. We need to dig up the corpse of Ray Charles. Someone revivify him. Get him to do a terrible scout. Get him to do a really bad impression of a Scouse accent. No, I'm just saying there's a dude called Ray Charles that pretends to be Craig Charles at conventions. Is there actually? No, I just made oh, that up, Cass. Uh, sorry. That was, that, was, that was just a joke. I'm not sorry, a smart mate. man. <laughs> I don't. I don't know these things. <laughs> 
Um, that's what we call in the business a bit. Yeah. A bit I was doing. <laughs> I'm learning. I'll note that down. So anyway, robot. War- oh, fuck's sake. Robot <laughs> cup. Robo cup. Robot cup. Robo cup. Like robot cop. Which I got wrong there. Anyway, let's move on. What <laughs> what game are you representing? And I'm gonna start with you, Bandit. I am representing this war of mine. Excellent. Uh something which you have reviewed recently, so and something by the looks thing Marcus has never heard of. <laughs> so this will oh, be good. Never never heard of that, so I'm excited. And uh Marcus, what will you be representing? I guess in comparison, I'm going for uh, a basic bitch game, but I obviously love it, and that's Resident Evil 4. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so tell me about this war of mine. Sell it to me, Bandit. Okay, so this war of mine is a survival horror game, but it is very much different to the standard fare that you get from Resident Evil or Silent Hill. Uh, what happens is you take control of the lives of three or four survivors, and you have to... Uh, keep them alive for as long as possible during an ongoing civil war. So the the joke premise of the game is if you have the conflicts of something like Call of Duty, this is the people who are genuinely affected by the war. And it's horror done from the aspect of the human condition because you have to steal from people. And it's like, it gets to that point where you have to steal from people and does it feel good to do that to you as a person? And it's a lot of morality questions. And it's like, you just have to survive. And it's a different kind of storytelling experience when you look at it from the idea of these are the people who are in like conflicts of like different games, but these are what they're dealing with as well. You know, so like you could picture it like, I don't know, if you are, I'll say Black Ops, for example, you're in Vietnam fighting and these are the and you could theoretically be playing as the regular Vietnamese citizens who are scavenging to survive. And that kind of thing, you know what I mean? That's the kind of vibe of this war of mine. And it is very, very good, very, very dark, and just it is quite a harrowing game to really like experience. It's a good game, it's fun, but it's also there's a it does make you think. Okay. And, that's why I chose to represent it today. I've already proven I'm not a thinking man earlier, so I'll, I'll, I'll pass this across now to hear about the vibe in general just of Resident Evil 4. Marcus, never heard of it. Tell me everything. I, I, I was going to... I'm just going to start with, this is like putting Last Action Hero next to Schindler's List. <laughs> just like, like, Resident Evil 4 is such a pulpy game. Right, Kaz. Um, everything you know about the previous Resident Evils, put that in a bin, chuck it away. Slow Done. moving sort of horror survival? No. But do you want to do a third person action shooter? I love a third person you, action shooter. That uh, takes you through um, basically different hammer horror locations from start to finish. Sure, you do. So, Resident Evil 4 is about a government mandated twink, Leon Kennedy, that is now looking <laughs> after, basically set on a mission to save the president's daughter. And uh, basically, she goes, um, President's daughter, Ashley. She goes missing, and Leon Kennedy is basically uh, dumped off in a nondescript Eastern European village where weird horror things are happening. Um, it is a pulpy action game, essentially. You're, uh, you go around genociding crows, shooting them in the air to get gems that just magically appear from them. Crows, also, the bird. crows, yeah. Crows, okay. the bird will be around. You shoot them, a gem pops out. 
How? We don't know. But there's we a don't know that this doesn't happen. I've not shot a crow myself, so it's we, true. We can't I've never defer. shot a crow. However, maybe but, you know, that's a good bonding <laughs> exercise that we can do together. Yeah, Go out like shooting crows and get the We're here at the we're here at the Robot Republic. Suggest that you do not shoot crows. They are a protected species <laughs> in the United Kingdom, <laughs> and probably wherever you are. Please don't shoot them. They are cool birds. Thank you. But they do have no gems problem. on them, so if you do shoot them, just if it happens, be sure to pick up the gem. Gems might appear. Um, yeah, I'm being jokey, but um, generally Resident Evil 4 changed the, the, the game for Resident Evil. Before, it was a very, you know, um, tanky movements horror game with, you know, okay-ish story, um, but generally story was at the forefront. Whereas this puts action at the forefront with a sort of more pulpy action hero sort of genre behind it. Um, the the gun, I will say now, and I'm probably going to um, put some cons towards it, uh, don't play it until the remaster is out because it is real hard to play now in its oh, current okay. form. <laughs> like, it's real tanky. It doesn't, it doesn't feel quite right. But Supposedly Capcom saying as we master coming. So wait for that bad boy, then play it. But um in fact, I heard a, I heard Glitch talking about it on the Treehouse where you guys recently found it. And I, it, I thought it has remaster was I thought there was a VR version coming out of it, but Well, uh, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but it's pretty much on we know it's on the Great Rhine, whether it is actually coming or not. So that's gonna be the same sort of so. like remaster or redo that like Resident Evil 2 had, that would be amazing. It would be incredible. It would blow my mind, and I would be a very happy boy. Um, you and Glitch both. Yeah. Cool. No, it would be good. Um, also, another thing with um, Resident Evil 4, it takes... One thing that always jarred me with Resident Evil was you had this kind of, like, down-to-earth um, story of a virus going around, turning people into zombies that came from a government. Yeah, down-to-earth, yeah. Down-to-earth. Yeah, down exactly, down-to-earth. Government thing. Average Saturday it, afternoon, that. Exactly. And then we have some random, and then it would just like put some random sort of popier things in. Like Wesker was always weirdly out of this world mm. and kind of made no sense in the, the sort of previous games. It always like jarred me out of it. Whereas this, the tone of Resident Evil 4 was set very early on to be this last action hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger style of like sort of horror game. There's quips and puns uh, galore in it. Um, yeah, the, the characters, when you get to a castle and you meet a very small Napoleon uh, lad. I've seen uh, him, yeah. yeah he's who, just a little Napoleon kind of guy. He's just a little Napoleon man that turns <laughs> up and he's like, hello, Leon, welcome to my castle. I'm just He has a maze, like a hedge maze that you have to go around. You have people going, Las Plagos a lot. It's great. I can't say, I can't <laughs> yeah. say more about it. Las Plagas is the general zombie virus, isn't it, in Resident Evil? Yeah, so, well, Las Plagas is a basically a parasite that is um, basically in the earth of this area. And they, they mined um, Shandor, who is like the main cult leader of um, the Eastern European town. Um, yeah. Mines it up and then plants it in people. And that's why Umbrella comes in. I don't, yeah, spoil too much, but Umbrella essentially has their fingers in pies and essentially wants to use this Las Vegas for um, evil means. So, Excellent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, do you want to tell me a little bit about the gameplay of uh, this War of Mine? Okay, yeah, the gameplay of this War of Mine is very different to Resident Evil. So what it is, is it's largely point and click. So you have a, like a side scroller style view 
of your survivors and you can you select a survivor then you tell them what to go so if you picture the sims but from a side profile instead of a instead of a top down okay um so what happens is you say oh i want them to go to this zone to cook food so you click the survivor then you click them to go food really simple point and click graphics there are button commands as well for when you have to go and do uh, raids or when you go to loot places and like there is combat as well um but it's very much you hit once or twice or you shoot once or twice and that's this long and short of it really mm. but that's the thing so the the gameplay is you go loot kill if you have to and build and survive until the ceasefire day when you don't know when that the, is that's um, an indefinite amount of time the sims side on is it like you know the beholder i think we've both played that yes it is it's sort of like beholder yeah it's sort of like okay. Beholder. excellent um i did obviously i read your review of it uh you mentioned some negatives on there about the 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 resource gathering maybe take like being a bit too too often or too frequent yeah so it's not the issue of having to go and do it too frequently because there'd be an no game if you didn't have to do that hmm. and i understand why it's done this way but you can construction materials are a necessity so and you find them quite often and the problem is you can only stack a limited amount and when you only have a limited amount of backpack space it's like hard that you so you go in you get these construction materials and you see oh this is like i don't know like some medicine or this is some stuff i can trade with or this is some stuff i can do whatever with and you have to then drop construction materials to get them and then you have to continuously go back to the same place to get more and more stuff and it wastes nights and it, it, it's a problem that a lot of people had with the game that is particularly with construction stuff that like it was a limited stack that you could get however um there have been mods released for it that allow you to have like uh bigger stacks for construction stuff and that as far as I don't like counting this as a point in its favor, but the game is very mod friendly. Uh, no, that's pretty. That mod friendly is fine. I like I like additional mods and things. I was playing Fallout Four a little while back, and I had my guy dressed as a full-on space marine with a bolter. It made the game Amazing. piss easy, but it was that's what it should be. I'm a space marine. Nothing's a challenge. Anyway, um, what's the like in terms of obviously the story is it's in a civil war. Your survivors. What's the kind of end game like? You know, is there a, any dr- drama going on with this? Well, each individual survivor you have, so you can pick from different starts. Uh, like each, um, like each survivor has their own little story of like where they've been, like what they are like as a person, what kind of things they're good at. And there are times where, like, say, if you have to steal from someone, um, you, and if you take everything, it will affect your survivor. They will get depressed. They will feel guilty. They will feel awful. And people sometimes just they they don't explicitly say that they you know take their own life or anything, but they just say they walk out and leave and never come back. And so if you it, try and play the, as a complete and, bastard, it actually you can't. It will make the guy just kind of walk off depressed. Yeah, like because it's sort of like it's like an empathy simulator mm. <laughs> without being rude. Like. Um, so you can play like that if you want to, but it will have consequences and it will make your characters who you are taking control of feel like shit. You know? Um, I'm slightly worried in this game we try and change core things about me, though. Start teaching things like <laughs> empathy and to care about people. So like, that is a concern. Yeah, but it does sound like, clever. I like it. <laughs> but um, 
there's a uh, there's a lot of good things about like that. The end game is ceasefire there, and that's like an indefinite amount of time, and you just have to keep as many of your survivors alive as possible. So like I finished the game like a few times. I've never finished it with a full set of survivors that I started with. It is really difficult to do that because obviously if you've got, if you start with like say four survivors, that's more mounts to feed and more medicine that you need and more chance of people getting ill and other things like that. And there are like lots of locations you can go to and each have different obstacles and different things. Like, you know, that's kind of the vibe of it. It's just the human condition. Is a is the pretty much the big selling point of this war of mine. So, I mean, what have you got to counter on that, Marcus? Is there any? I mean, I know there's not too much deep. You've already kind of expressed this is a uh, action game. Yeah, it's an action game list. versus an art piece. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Seen... <laughs> um, I will about say, drama as an person, Tell me a bit. <laughs> true, I will, I will say uh, as an autistic person, human uh, emotion bores me. So <laughs> that that is a game concept. Meh. But honestly, like more here about this is uh, war that I actually want to play it myself. But anyway, I will get back <laughs> online for Resident Evil 4. Um, yeah, I don't know whether I can um, compare it really in any way. All I can say is uh, the positives of Resident Evil 4. Um, some of the best level design in any game, personally for me. Um, the way um, they give you these sandbox environments to deal with hordes of enemies that come in. Mm. You always have like different kinds of cover. Um, you know, you go from this like large um, village with ladders to climb up to get onto roofs uh, with a sort of large killing field to these close sort of claustrophobic castle environments where it's sort of closer. So the gunfire is a little bit more close. And then you go to um, sort of graveyards with long um, sort of rope bridges. These sort of have to come along. Um, and the progression of enemies is really good in the game as well, where I think for an action shooter, you want to, when you just get comfortable and you feel like you've got the, the grip of the guns, you want the enemies to get a bit harder, right? You just don't want that to be necessarily a tougher zombie. You want it to be um, an enemy that actually challenges you in a different way. Yeah, so not just the, the bullet sponge it takes. Yeah, not just the bullet sponge. So when you go along, suddenly dogs will, dogs will turn up, which is, you know, a Resident Evil staple. But what if I told you that these dogs have back tentacles and suddenly back tentacles yeah, come like out on top of them? Marcus. Well, <laughs> you should, because it's great. But no, yeah, back tentacles come out. Um, they're a little bit faster than the zombies. Um, it means you can't necessarily get so close. It challenges you. Later on, you have flying locust-style enemies. that are a little bit more difficult and um, allows you to sort of gear up. And then you have, like, big ogre enemies as well. So the progression of enemies throughout the game is, like, for me, one of the best in any action shooter, where you always get good variety, you always get a good taste, and when you're getting, not necessarily bored, but when you feel comfortable, it surprises you and brings out a new enemy and really sort of challenges you in the game, and that I like a lot. Like, it's not going to um, hold up a mirror to your um, empathy. <laughs> it's not going to hold up a mirror and make you challenge the system of the world. Or... Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to feel empathy for a regenerator, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's like, there's like no, it's not going to like hold up a mirror and ask you questions about your ego or yourself, but you are going to have fun and you are going to throw grenades and you're going to throw dynamite and you're going to blow stuff up. Um, the, I will talk about the downsides as well. Like, so the whole mission for you is to find Ashley, who's the missing president's daughter. And when you find her, you wish you never did. 
because the AI of her is so annoying to the point all she does is shout your name in a Leon. Like, yeah exactly in a pitch of voice Leon. that would chill exactly would chill well, that's a bit sexy there bandit I don't know why yeah. you put a sexy <laughs> thing on I, I, that I, was I, a bit I, weird I, always, I, I, yeah. I, I have many voices and females are not one of them that's that fair Kaz well. hit the like the screech right it's uh, that whiny. I've, I've heard it a lot. Like it's, it's all, they talk about it a lot. How Ashley keeps getting kidnapped and just calls her Leon. Yeah. Like Leon. Ashley, yeah. I will say though, there is a way around this, and this is just putting her in a dumpster. Now it sounds bad, but there are dumpsters <laughs> throughout the game where you can go, Ashley, get in it, and she'll go, no problem, Leon, it's fine. And she'll jump in a dumpster and she'll stay there nice and safe. And when you complete the game, you can get a set of armor to put her in. So she's in like big knight armor that you can just Does that stop her being kidnapped? Or does she get just look like a knight? No, it stops her from being kidnapped. And also what you can do is basically use her as bait. So you put her in knight armor, put her in an area, and then wait for all the last Plagos enemies to turn up and then throw dynamite. And she's fine because as we all know during history, uh, night armor is immune to uh, dynamite mm. and it will blow up again like I said I'm trying to win a, the little plucky last action hero that I could against what seems to be an art masterpiece so I, I don't know how, how much I can go in defense to that point I've, not, can... I've never heard an example of an armored knight dying at the hands of dynamite in history class so yeah. we can only assume that is the case yeah, it's a, it's... yeah exactly it's immune and fine in all ways Bandit, is there any negatives you can bring up about about, about your war, that war of yours? The, yeah, so outside of the like the construction yeah. stuff and looting that I said before, it 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 can be a lot. It's it's not something you can just give yourself to in the same way because it's it is like a hard game and it is a nitpick. It's never bothered me, but like for some people, it can be too depressing to play and but that's kind of yeah but that's the thing it's kind of the point of it like it's it's not meant to be um a game where you have all the answers to everything Mm -hmm. it's meant to be it's a pretty good simulation of what it's like for real people out in the world who live in in war zones and this is the kind of thing where you know it's that kind of thing but it can be a lot to buy into i Mm. think and it's a lot to deal with it's like like with the the shinless list comparison is like what you said earlier i know that was like an offhand comment but like oh no i i meant it as well like it seemed very much like that yeah it's that like shinless list is a very shinless list is sorry shinless list is like a very harrowing watch and it's like it's not something you can just turn on and watch idly. You need to be willing to donate yourself to it a little bit and you need to be willing to absorb the concept a bit more. It's not like you, it's not like an Avengers movie or a DC movie or whatever. You can't just like sit on and turn it and just go like... You don't get you know, home from a few, with having a few drinks down the pub with your pals eating a kebab. Oh, let's chuck on Schindler's List, have a good laugh before yeah, bed. Yeah, it's not... It's, but it's you like, can do that with Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah, but like... At the same point, like you don't you don't come home from a night. I'll grab a pizza and watch Titanic. You know, that's like not a thing you do. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know. People might do that. I might be weird. But like um, that's the thing. It's like I know these games are like chalk and cheese in a sense. But and like we are 
yours is more action, but it's still survival horror. We're both survival horror, but we come at it from different angles. You come up from the chance of you're having to survive to, in the action sense, I'm doing it, you have to survive because of the action. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different angles. Better. The protagonist. Oh, can I play game. this game? It's on Steam. Great. I'm going to actually believe, download it right now because it sounds I it's incredible. On, I believe it's on Epic as well. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Don't need to think about Epic, other than the free games they give, which is lovely. Yeah, I I won. I don't know how much it actually costs because I won it from a stream giveaway. Oh, nice. I, won it, I was like, oh, this. I've heard a bit about this game. This sounds interesting. I was like, all right. I played like a few times. I love it. I have a, a mod installed for this war of mine where it's. Um, I have Rick, Carol, and Daryl from The Walking Dead as the characters. Excellent. And that's quite fun. Like, there obviously dialogue options in this. Is it sort of a dialogue based kind of thing when you when you come across other survivors, or is it just shoot them? Uh, there are dialogue options, but like they are few and far between a lot of the time. Like, um, like because you can choose to save people from like because one of the first combat scenarios is that you have to save uh, a woman in a supermarket from being essayed by a soldier, and um, like obviously no question you do it like every time i ran up and kept on twatting him with the shovel i had i like i killed him before he got a chance to turn around you save this woman and she gives you food and she thanks you and you and like she helps you a little bit but like that kind of thing is like you do have options of what to say to her afterwards Mm. and I think yeah. I've, I've made a decision here because of a lot. Well, one, we have to wrap this up. I'm, I'm, I'm a little yeah. short on time today, but like both of you made very compelling arguments for this. And do you know what's crazy? Like, uh, so Resident Evil Four is like uh, is one of the best games kind of ever made. But apparently, I hear so much good about that. Um, this War of Mine, I've heard the negatives you've kind of given it, but you've given it a lot of positives. And one thing that scares me about it is that it might genuinely teach me something. But jokes aside, I love an indie game like that and i will happily play something that is depressing because if it's if that's his purpose for it so i'm going to be giving this to this war of mine which Woo! will make i i agree the I fact that you jumped on agree. and downloaded it as we're playing like you know it's I, hard to the thing is i've played Resident Evil four so many times but i do like being challenged i mm. do like being challenged philosophically as well and this this sound like i joke about it before where how autistic people don't care about emotions but the secret is we do, and I actually really enjoy. <laughs> we don't want you to into, know. I don't, just, we just don't want you to know. It means you'll talk to us. But it's what? yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, the the whole thing sounds amazing. Bandit, you did such a good mm. argument for the game, and thank uh, you. And like I said, it was very much chalk and cheese. And you can play Resident Evil Four whenever you want. Well, uh, what I was thinking is like because one one thing that put me a bit off as well. You said about the kind of clunkiness of it nowadays. That wait to the yeah. remaster. So when the remaster comes mm-hmm. back, I would like to hear that kind of argued for. Not necessarily, not against this game again, unless they do a remaster as well. But like, well, I, so I do think that Resident Evil Four probably deserves a win. But it's just I don't know like that game, the way you argued that Bandit, genuinely, that sounds like a top game. So, so it was hard to give yeah. it to something which I had some negatives on really. Um. So yeah, when when the remaster comes out, I'd love to hear that and see if they can beat through something. I will else. say there kind of is already a remaster called Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil 8 is uh, essentially uh, uh, a, a remake of 4. Some of it is. Yeah. Obviously, it's the best bits of Resident Evil together. I really like Resident Evil Village. I think it's great. Um, I'm actually yeah. going to go ahead. Like, if you've heard literally any of our pods, 
like that game comes up so frequently that I'm we sick did, of it. Uh, I've not even played it yet. <laughs> yeah, we did a we did a Resident Evil special with Glitchcraft on the Treehouse. Oh, cool! And like um, I was just sat there, like I was like, I have played some Resident Evil games and i know a bit about it and i'm just sat there watching holly and glitch talk who were both in love with resident evil and it's like i'm just sat there like everything's cool and nice and like you know <laughs> you're like when the tennis umpire feels like he has nothing to do that's kind of what i felt like a little bit yeah. <laughs> i will say i haven't um actually played it myself i've just watched my partner play resident evil hey, all the way yeah, through same. and i've watched it like him play it like three times now and it's great it looks it looks awesome but yeah no this war of mine i will it's literally in my queue right now. Is downloading. So, hey. uh, I was um, playing uh, State of Decay with fellow writer of the of the robot dash um, Chris, and like he was telling me there's a kind of war horror game that's come out. It's a first person view, but um, it's just the trenches. So you're playing. You wake up in the trenches, and other people are gone. But like, there's no there's no like spooky element it's all human so like the fear and the whole like having to hide it's just because of the enemies there you know and like okay. the genuine like there's bodies everywhere and de- de- decomposition and all this horrible stuff but it's all very grounded to actual reality does, so, it, uh, does it scope it like it's going to be supernatural horror base and then flips it to be normal like gone home i don't more... know I, I i don't know those details we talked about it on the um on the thing which is on youtube feel free to check it out another great content um <laughs> but like yeah it's it's it par- so it seems like like kind of real horror like realistic down-to-earth horror might be a kind of theme that's going to be coming around in games a bit more at the moment which makes sense i guess like once you've done ghosts so many times and zombies so many times if you start talking about the kind of deep real human horror cool i'm very excited i wasn't going to do the bit that i had planned which was i was going to say i was going to do resident evil 4 but actually talk about Billy Hatcher and the wonderful world of the egg. Because Billy Hatcher versus this war of mine would be just 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 like I don't even know why I showed subject. up. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> I was just doing a bit. I feel bad talking about doing, this game. I was just doing a bit. Um so guys, where can we find you bandit? If you want to go first and tell tell me where you're at. Uh, I am on Twitch at the Bandit King UK, Twitter at Bandit King UK. Find me on the Robot Republic website. You can also find me on the Treehouse podcast. Uh, we, I recently did a story time video that went up, and I have just recorded with Holly. She's back off holiday with a very, very cool and special guest. Yay! So find me on the Treehouse. Find me everywhere. And Marcus, you're uh, kind of new around here. If you want to. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm um, at Nerdism uh, at Twitter. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm doing a project with Kaz at the moment. I don't know if it's all secret, secret. It is a little bit secret, secret at the moment. But yes, yeah, there is a project secret. in the work. And you're bound to be hearing and seeing a lot more of Marcus in the um, in the coming times. So yeah, just just look oh. out for that. But we'll put all the links and such in the uh, description of the episode. So Thank you for having me on. It's been no really good. Thank you and uh, goodbye. Take care. Gaming Manifesto. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.